Welcome to the Bytel Podcast today. Today we continue looking at explaining love. We find out what God's word says about the characteristics of love and how this helps us in our daily walk with God. We're still focusing on our foundational scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, chapter 13, verse 4 to 8. We will stretch this topic as far as we can, so we're not limited to a few episodes, but we'll do as many episodes as we we can. We're still focusing on the theme on love. This theme is covered in multiple episodes, and this is episode 10 of this theme. And thank you for joining us. You see, even today, God gives His love unreservedly and without prejudice. This is the same love that we are called to resemble and to walk in always. A love that is always available. A love that is always willing. A love that is always giving of itself. A love that does not prejudice but gives of itself willingly. This is his love living in us and being given through us to the world. This is how we ended our discussion on Friday, explaining the love that acts accordingly at all times. Because we said it does not act unbecomingly. We're still continuing with verse 5 of 1 Corinthians chapter 13 in our subtopic explaining love. But as always, let us go back and read our foundational scripture in 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 to verse 8. It reads like this. Love endures long and is patient and kind. Love never is envious nor boils over with jealousy. It is not boastful or vainglorious. It does not display itself haughtily. It is not conceited, arrogant, and inflated with pride. It is not rude and mentally, and does not act unbecomingly. Love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own rights or its own way, for it is not self-seeking. It is not touchy or fretful or resentful. It takes no account of the evil done to it. Pays no attention to a suffered wrong. It does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness, but rejoices when right and truth prevail. Love bears up under anything and everything that comes, is ever ready to believe the best of every person. Its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances, and it endures everything without weakening. Love never fails, never fades out or becomes obsolete or comes to an end. As for prophecy, the gift of interpreting the divine will and purpose, it will be fulfilled and pass away. As for tongues, they will be destroyed and cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away, it will lose its value and be superseded by truth. 
Today our focus passage is this. I will read it again. Love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own rights or its own way, for it is not self-seeking. Let us now dive deeper into this passage as we continue explaining love. You see, the importance of the characteristics of love cannot be overstated. Because to us, they are the fruit that those that see us see. Jesus says, it is by their fruit that you would see them in the book of Matthew chapter 7. And we are supposed to be seen by this fruit of love. Because the Bible calls it the fruit of the Spirit. Our first point today is love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own way not insist on its own rights you see love gives its rights and its ways up for the greater good it is not interested in how it benefits but in how others benefit from its ends we see this in the story and the life of Jesus in the book of Luke chapter 22 and verses 41 to 44 it says this and he withdrew from them about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed saying father if you are willing remove this cup from me yet not my will but always yours be done and there appeared to him an angel from heaven, strengthening him in spirit. And being in an agony of mind, he prayed all the more earnestly and intently. And his sweat became like great clots of blood dropping down upon the ground. You see, Jesus set an example for us of how love does not insist on its own right or its own way. He laid down his will so that the Father's plan of love through his life would take shape. You see, through his act of love, it wasn't about benefiting him, but it was about benefiting us. Because the Bible tells us that it is through this act of love that we've been given the spirit adoption of which we cry Abba. We have been made sons of God because Jesus, in love, laid down his life for us. You see, it is love that opened the door for us. Even through agony, even when it was not easy, love continued allow the will of God to go through and all of us to be saved. Although he suffered greatly and even asks for the cup to be taken away from him, even asks for this thing to be removed from him. But he understood that the act of love he was about to display was far beyond his own rights and his own will. And it could not allow him to insist on his own rights 
of being God. But that the will of God for salvation which was ordained in him had to come to pass for us to gain our salvation. We don't only see this in the life of Jesus, but we see it in the Old Testament when we look at how God used some of his servants, the prophets, in order to show his people who he was. One such prophet is a man by the name of Hosea. And when you read the story of Hosea, you see how God uses his life as a reflection of his love towards Israel. Israel played a whoring with his love for them. You see, this was practically lived by the prophet Hosea through his life because his life was an open book to the children of Israel for them to see how they have been acting towards God. You see, the apostle Paul here is saying, love is not about you. It's not about me but it's about the will of God in and through my life. It is about displaying God's word and grace and how we display his love. It does not insist on its own rights or its own means. It allows truth to shine through it. It allows God to show his grace as love yields the will of God. Now we'll look more in the story of Isaiah when we speak of Hosea when we speak about displaying love but for now I think this gives us an example of how love does not insist on its own rights on its own way but gives of itself so that others may be saved. And then it says love is not self-seeking. You see, love as displayed by Christ is selfless. It gives all it has for the benefit of others. The Apostle Paul puts it like this. He says, for me to die is gain. To live is Christ and for me to die is gain. He says, I am conflicted because I want to go and be with my God. But for your benefit, I choose to remain in the flesh. Because love is not seeking for its own benefit, but for the benefit of others. It does not hold back anything, but gives of all it is, so that those who need it can find it freely. This is the love of God. This is the love of God that seeks for you, even in your hidden place, it seeks for you. It gives of itself even when you don't think you know it. And it doesn't give to those who deserve, it gives to those who do not. And this Apostle Paul, I think, describes very well in the book of Ephesians chapter 2. And we'll read from verse 1 to verse 9. It reads like this. And you, he made alive when you were dead slain by your trespasses and sins in which at one time you walked habitually. You were following the cause and the fashion of this world. And were under the sway of the tendency of this present age. 
Following the prince of the power of the air, you were obedient to me and under the control of the demon spirit that still constantly works in the sons of disobedience, the careless, the rebellious, and the unbelieving who go against the purpose of God. Among these, we as well as you once lived and conducted ourselves in the passions of our flesh, our behavior governed by a corrupt and sensual nature, obeying the impulses of the flesh and the thoughts of the mind, our cravings dictated by our senses and our dark imaginations. We were then by nature children of God's wrath and heirs of his indignation, like the rest of mankind. But God, so rich is he in mercy, because often in order to satisfy the great and wonderful and intense love with which he loved us. Even when we were dead, slain by our own shortcomings and trespasses, he made us alive together in fellowship and in union with Christ. He gave us the very life of Christ himself, the same new life which he had quickened him for. It is by grace, his favor and mercy, which you do not deserve that you are saved, delivered from judgment and made partakers in Christ's salvation. And he raised us up together with him and made us sit down together, giving us joint seating with him in the heavenly sphere by virtue of our being in Christ, Jesus the Messiah, the Anointed One. He did this that he might clearly demonstrate through the ages to come the immeasurable, limitless, surpassing riches of his free grace, his unmerited favor in his kindness and goodness of heart towards us in Christ Jesus. For it is by free grace, God's unmerited favor, that you are saved, delivered from judgment and made partakers in Christ's salvation through your faith. And this salvation is not of yourselves, of your own doing. It came not through your own striving, but it is a gift of God, not because of works, nor the fulfillment of laws demands, lest any man should boast. It is not the result of what anyone can possibly do. So no one can pride himself in it and take glory for himself. You see, the Apostle Paul, in explaining love, reminds us that Jesus gave freely of himself for us, even whilst we were dead in us, and even whilst we walked in a way that was contrary to him, even whilst we did not show love to him, he loved us and freely gave of himself. Not so that he could glory in it, but so that we could be saved through his act of love. He did not look at our circumstances or situation. He did not look at where we were and discriminate against us. He did not prejudge us. Love saw us on our path to destruction and death and offered himself as a payment for our sin that he may adopt us to himself. You see, love, the love of God 
full of grace and mercy did not let us be on our way to destruction but so it fit to step in so it fit to say no I'm not gonna let you just go to disruption go to death like that I like I like what the apostle Paul says in verse 4 of the scripture we just read he says but God so rich is he in his mercy and because of and in order to satisfy the great and wonderful and intense love with which he loved us. Saints, when we understand the selfless nature of love and when we see what God did for us, not because it made him feel good about himself, not because it made him elevate himself but because he loved me and you so much he didn't need any more elevation he didn't need any more pep talks but for our sake he laid down his life that me and you may receive eternal life it was all for love and nothing else the gospel according to John tells us that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life you see this love given when we were not even searching for it when we were walking the opposite direction is required for us all that's required for us in this love is to believe in God's gift of love it was given to stop us on our tracks to damnation and eternal doom and to give us a choice to turn back. You see, love calls us to consider others better than we consider ourselves. As shown in the book of Philippians chapter 2 verse 4. The apostle Paul tells us that we ought not only to think of our own needs but also the needs of others. This is the love to which we are called. A love that shows genuine concern for others and not just for self. A love that loves others as it loves itself. You see, friends, this love was freely given. So we also ought to give it freely. The love, the cost of this love was paid by Christ. To us, it was free. That is why the Apostle Paul kills, calls us to give us to give it freely, because we received it freely. And so, even when we look at these characteristics, it might be that we see a cost in acting the way that God is calling us to act. there is only one who paid the cost that was worthy of this love the man, Jesus Christ and all that he requires of us is to be like unto a mirror perfectly reflecting his love as he has given to us, to the rest of the world he asks us to give his love without favor or prejudice 
You see, we ought to strive always to love like He does, giving of ourselves and not being self-conceited, giving of ourselves and not being selfish. Love is selfless, thinking of others' needs, and sometimes even putting them ahead of ourselves. When we truly love, we show the same love to others as we do to ourselves because that's what we are commanded to do. Love thy neighbor as thyself. This love, the love of God in us, calls us to be selfless, calls us to not insist on our own right or our own calls us to show God as he is, to show love as it is, and to give freely to those that need it. We cannot boast about it because it was given to us by God through his son. Saints, discussion here today friends please do join us tomorrow as we continue to look at these characteristics of love in first corinthians chapter 13 well friends if you want to get in contact with us if you have questions about this episode past episodes or any bible related questions you might have please do so through our social media pages facebook it's bite-sized on Twitter. It's at bite underscore word. On Instagram, it's bite word. Or you can send us an email on bite-sized zero at gmail.com. Again, thank you for tuning in and goodbye.